What would you do if you were staying at a hotel and all of a sudden you heard a little girl crying behind you? <laughs> you'd probably you'd probably help her, but this is a paranormal podcast, so something spooky happens. And then we take a look at two kids just hanging out, having a good time at an abandoned mansion. Everything was going according to plan until they ended up in another universe. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving weekend. To all of you who showed up for the Thanksgiving live stream, man, that was really cool. Thank you so much for stopping by for that. I had a lot of fun. I hope you guys had a lot of fun too. It really is cool connecting with you guys. We'll do another one on Christmas. I don't like to do them too often because they take a lot out of me. And uh, But I do really, really enjoy them. And I like to make it more of an event rather than just doing a live stream every single week. I tried I tried doing that, I think, around season two. And it just was taking too much out of me. But someone who never takes too much out of me, they take out, they take out precisely the right amount. Coming into Dead Rabbit Command right now, it's one of our newest Patreon supporters. Rolling on in is... Stinkbug Potato. Everyone give a big round of applause to Stinkbug rolling on in. Stinkbug Potato, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally understand. Just help spread the word about the show really, really helps out a lot. We also have a merch store, and we do donations during the live streams. <laughs> the live streams I do once once every couple months, and that is another awesome way to help support the show. And all those people are going to get shout-outs as well. We made a... Got a lot of donations coming in. I didn't expect that, guys. That was really awesome. It's grocery shopping time, ladies and gentlemen. Stinkbug Potato, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the hair hang glider. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. We are gliding all the way out to Austin, Texas. Stinkbug, we are now in Texas. Thanks for gliding us all the way out here. It's Austin, Texas. And specifically, we're at the Hyatt Lost Pines Resort. So we're standing outside this hotel, and there's like trees going... And there's like a, a duck flying by. It's a really nice, picturesque place. And I got this story from Steve-O Griffin. So thank you, Steve-O, for typing this out. The reason why we're at the Hyatt Lost Pines Resort is we're here to meet a young couple. We're going to call the dude David, and the woman will call her Michelle. And so David and Michelle are walking into this resort, and they're like, oh, dude, this place is totally awesome. I heard they have, like, spas, and, like, there's towels. <laughs> there's towels in case you get wet at any point in your hotel stay. It's a really, really nice hotel. I went and I checked it out. I was hoping for some really funny reviews, because that's like one of my favorite pastimes is finding funny, bad reviews. Very, very... <laughs> I, I live a very mundane life. But there weren't any funny reviews. It just turned out that this is like a $300 night hotel, and then apparently they have all these added fees. Some people were saying they were paying $600 a night. Now, that's not paranormal, right? That's probably just crummy business tactics. But who knows? Maybe they don't. Maybe these bad reviews were all just vicious, vicious lies. I have, to, I have to add that part for legal reasons so I don't get sued. But anyways, if you need a towel and you're in the Austin, Texas area and you have $300, you can go to the Hyatt Lost Pines Resort. 
get yourself a towel. So this young couple, what were the names? David and, and Maggie. David and Maggie, or David and Michelle, he started cheating on her while he was at the resort. David and Michelle, they're having a good time at the Hyatt Lost Pines Resort. But then it comes time to do their laundry. So they pack up all their laundry and they take it down to a separate part of the resort. So hold all your questions till the end. Because I know there's some local Austinites who are like, hey, wait a second. Or just people with general common sense who are like, huh? Hold your questions till the end. They take their laundry down and they say the laundry is away from the room. So it's like, it's still part of the building. They said it's this long hallway. It's all super spooky. There's cobwebs. There's still Halloween decorations of, ah, glow-in-the-dark skeleton. There's this long hallway, and at the end of it is this laundry room. And it's one of those laundry rooms that's just kind of like, it has no doors. It's just like you walk in, and it's all these washing machines. And you can imagine it as spooky as you want. This is like a five-star hotel. So when I was first reading this, before I read the reviews, I was imagining this like some busted-up Motel 6 with lights all. And it's super gross. But it's a five-star hotel, so I'm sure that their light bulbs work. Anyways, they go down this hallway, and they start doing their laundry. And they hear behind them... Actually, before they even hear anything, David and Michelle both turn at the same time so they're doing this laundry in this room and for whatever reason they both turn at the same time and they look towards the entrance of the laundry room so it's just that opening there's no doors there and right when they turn then they see a little girl standing there crying <laughs> and the little girl has a you know there's different types of crying right there's sad crying they're sad because you just spent six hundred dollars at a hotel and then there's frightened crying terror crying and that's what they could see on this girl's face it wasn't that she was sad that she lost her mom they see a look on this girl's face of utter fear and the little girl still sobbing still in a state of panic turns and she looks down the hallway as if she's Waiting for something. Fearing something. Not she's waiting for Santa Claus to show up, right? She's looking for something that is pursuing her. But before David and Michelle can react, the girl realizes there's this flash across her face. The girl realizes it's here. Whatever she was fearing is now coming down the hallway. And she takes off running in the opposite direction down the hall. So Michelle and David, they go and they poke their heads out of the laundry room. And the hallway's completely empty. Both ways. The impossibly long hallway, as it's described. There's no girl. There's no girl running down the hallway. I would love for one of these stories to actually... <laughs> I'd love for one of these stories to end where... And we saw this little girl and she was crying in the laundry room. And then she took off. And then we went and we looked out the room. She, we saw, we still saw her running. She was only like 50 feet away. And then she ran and she ran into the arms of her parents and everything was okay. So the next day... You know, hold your questions till the end. The next day, they're down at the receptionist desk. And they go, hey, um, you know, it was really cool. This uh, I really like this place. Can I get a new towel? You know, I'm paying $600 a night. Should at least get two towels. It's a really cool place. Hey, but I have a question. The other night, we were doing laundry in the laundry room. And we saw, and the receptionist cut them off. It's very, 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 very poor customer service at the Hyatt Lost Pines Resort. They'll interrupt you. 
The, the receptionist cuts him off and goes, let me guess. You saw a little girl at the laundry room. And she says, yeah. We get that report all the time. This story stuck out to me for a couple reasons. Um, one, it's a ghost story, right? It's a paranormal podcast, ghost story. It's a traditional ghost story. It's something along the lines of the Phantom Hitchhiker. It's a little more dynamic than that. You hear the Phantom Hitchhiker story once and it's creepy, and then after that it's super boring. I can't believe people still report it. I guess people still report it because it happens to them, and it might be the most exciting thing that's happened to them in a long time, but just reading about some dripping wet girl getting in the backseat of your car and then her disappearing before you take her home. Like, I don't know. It'd be kind of boring, right? The other interesting thing about this story is I'm wondering... Stuff doesn't... Here's, I've been to a lot of hotels in my life, a lot of motels in my life, and I'll say one thing I've never done at any of them is laundry, right? Is that a thing? Do hotels... Do you do your own laundry at hotels? I've never, ever once done laundry at a hotel. So I'm thinking... Now, here's the thing. Originally, I was like, what? This story doesn't even make sense. Who does laundry at a hotel? I just sit around in the same dirty clothes I showed up in. I'm wondering if... One, the story's completely made up and it was written by someone who's never been in a hotel. Two, the Hyatt Lost Pines Resort charges $300 a night and <laughs> makes you do your own laundry, but you can probably save money if you do other people's laundry. Or three, well, there really isn't, there really isn't a third one. I just don't understand it. So I'm questioning... The reason why I wanted to tell the story is, one, I do think it's creepy. I think any story that involves creepy little ki kids crying no one likes to see that phantoms of girls being pursued by something horrible like is this a saga that's just playing out night after night just on the face of it it's a creepy ghost story you got to think about all the times no one is in the laundry room and that little girl goes and she looks in and there's no one there and that's even more despair like now she's just trapped in this hellish universe all to herself I guess it probably wouldn't matter if you saw two individuals. They're still not able to help you, but maybe it's some sort of solace. But then I also think is the whole story made up. This is the here's the thing. This is how jaded I've just realized that this is how jaded I've become on this show. I just told you a story about a phantom girl being pursued by some sort of demonic entity, or maybe the ghost of a serial killer or some abuser from her past, and she's trapped in this loop. I totally one hundred percent believe that that's possible. I'm hung up on the fact that a motel makes you do your own laundry. So I it's weird. I think I'm just that jaded. Like I will believe in that supernatural thing. I don't think that other part is true but i wanted to share that story with you because i think it's spooky and maybe i just really want to know whether or not you do your own laundry i think that might have been the whole segment the whole point of that segment i want someone to correct me and go no jason that's ridiculous no one ever does their own laundry at a motel but if they do i don't okay here's the thing i'm gonna stop talking about the. i honestly think i've spent more time talking about the laundry than i have the ghost i find it fascinating and it also is an interesting insight into me where I will believe that story and the story coming up, but I have a really hard time believing that a $300 a night hotel makes you wash your own jeans. Because it was their laundry. It wasn't like the bed sheets. It was their laundry. I just like, I, I can't imagine a five-star hotel having a bank of washer and dryers. Like you're on vacation. You're to the glorious city of Austin, Texas, music capital of Texas. You're there and you're like, oh, I really want to go see that concert who's that dude hooting the blowfish is playing a night 
but I have to do laundry. It doesn't make any sense to me. That That is more Fordian than anything else, but maybe I'm just sheltered. I love living in hotels. My dream with this job is to travel the United States and the world investigating this stuff firsthand and putting out a daily podcast at the same time. I can do it. I can do it, universe. Give it to me. I'll take on that responsibility. I also want to give out a shout out to Steve-O Griffin. They're the ones who put this story out there. So thank you so much, Steve-O. Very, very fascinating story. I, I will title this episode, Can You Do Laundry There? And people will be like, whoa, dude, I wonder if he's talking about laundry in like the eighth dimension. I can't wait. I can't wait to listen to this episode. Stink bug potato, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the world-famous Carpenter Copter. We are leaving behind Austin, Texas. I've dropped off all my laundry there. I'm like, wash it for me. I'll be back. They're like, what? You didn't even pay to spend the night here. Take us away from the Hyatt Lost Pines Resort. We are headed all the way out to Mexico. This next story is really awesome, and I gotta give a shout-out to Sketchy... Mert Vlonk for posting this and for keeping us updated on this story. When they wrote it out and when I read it, I didn't even know where the story took place. It was just such an interesting story. I wanted to share it with you. And then I was double checking some stuff. Sketchy, who from here on out we're going to call Sam, just in the past couple hours posted the exact address of where this took place. Because this story is really unbelievable and people were like, it's super vague. We don't even know what country you're from. Because he does say, you know, English isn't my first language. So there might be some translation errors here. But people were super suspicious and he was getting a bunch of hate and he just posted the address. Um, it's in Nuevo Leon in Mexico. He actually, I mean, he straight up put the mailing address. I'm not going to read that out. But um, he did give the specific address of where this place was at. So very, very interesting. I always love getting more information. But what do we call this guy again? Sam. Sam is telling this story. And this story takes place when he's 14 years old. So we're in the town of Nuevo Leon, Mexico. Every so often, his dad would take Sam to work. And his dad worked at this company. And where his dad worked this company, the business owner also owned several other properties surrounding the official company building. And one of them was this old family mansion. They had moved on, so this mansion was starting to fall into disrepair. But it was still there. It was still there, and they actually used it to store a bunch of their furniture. I've never owned one mansion, let alone multiple mansions, but I'm assuming that you just don't keep moving all the junk from one mansion to another. I'm assuming you're just like, oh, that that's my Sunday mansion. I check it out every so often, but never on Sunday, oddly enough. Sammy is hanging out so much at the company with his dad that he meets the boss's son, R.C., And they actually become fast friends. And they're kind of running around the factory. They're like knocking people into vats of oil. And they're like, oh, those kids. They're always running around having a good time. And one place they like to go to is the abandoned mansion. The door squeaks open as they walk in. And it is exactly what you would picture. It's a mansion, because I've said that word three or four times now. But it's, like, all spooky and stuff. Now, it's not spooky like they intentionally made it spooky. There's a giant fake spider. But, you know, it's, like, dusty, and there's cobwebs. And you have this really, really fancy furniture, but no one sat in it for forever. So it just looks off. You're in that place, and you guys can already picture the smell. You can picture 
what I'm about to say, so I'm not even going to waste time saying it. It's that. This is a three-story mansion. It's massive. There's like an empty swimming pool inside. And it's a mansion in its heyday. It was beautiful, but now the doors are rotting. And it just has that whole ambiance of something that it's dead. This is a dead house. It's going to need major repairs to bring it back to life. Now, while they're hanging out in the house, every so often they would hear a voice. That wasn't one of theirs. They would hear like a disembodied voice somewhere in the house. But they could never really prove that it was there. It could be a figment of their imagination. So they just keep on playing. And that's fair. There have been times where I've been alone and I've thought I've heard something. And I don't immediately go, what was that? What was that? And I leave and I'm like, I'm never going back there. We hear things from time to time. One day, though, these two fellas are sitting in the backyard and they have a little picnic set up. They have this stone table, and they got their food set up, and they're like, yummy, yummy, yummy. This is going to be the best picnic ever. And just then, a security guard walked out of the back door of the house and is walking towards them. They're sitting there at this stone table, and there's company security guard is coming towards them. And Sam and, and, Sam and RC kind of look at each other, and they realize, here's the thing. This house was off-limits to everyone. They really shouldn't have been there either, but their parents knew that they were constantly goofing off there. But they didn't let even security guards go into the house. The one caveat to that is if a security guard was sent to find them, if they were goofing off a little too much, the OSHA investigators were there to check all the people falling into oil accidents. They wanted to talk to the two boys. They would send a security guard to go find them bring them back to the office. So when they see the security guard walk out of the house, they think it's weird because they're not allowed in the house. But if they were looking for them specifically, then sure. And this security guard was one that they knew, of course. You know, he's a security guard on the premises of their company. So when they get up and they start walking towards him, the security guard goes, hey guys, and kind of waves to him. And then in front of their eyes, dematerializes. They're now standing alone in this backyard and they watched an adult vanish into thin air. So at this point, this point picnic's over, right? Game time is over. You're out of there. This isn't you imagining voices, right? This isn't like, what, was that you? It was just like a marble falling down the stairs. This was a straight up a human being you knew disappearing in front of you. And... There's only one way. There's only one way out of the backyard. It's through the mansion. So they run in through the back door, and Sam goes, the very first thing that happens when we get into the mansion is it feels like metal spikes are being drilled through my skull. He says that him and RC started having extreme physical pain in their brains to the point of tears. Just this intense headache. They could feel these sharp objects piercing into their gray matter. Sam feels his entire body become overcome with chills. He's freezing. His hands are shaking. His bones are cold. He looks over at RC, who seems to be suffering from the same effects. And Sam looks out one of the mansion windows. He notices that the sunbeams that are piercing through the glass are getting dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. It is so cold in this mansion now 
Sam can see his breath. Everything felt freezing cold to them. But an odd detail was, Sam said, the environment itself felt warm. We felt cold. And when we were breathing, we could see that frost. We could see that frost breath. But I could sense that around me, everything was normal. Now, you can't stay here. You know the lights are dimming outside. You don't know what's outside, but you can't stay here. You're suffering all these physical effects. So they continue to run through the mansion. They get to the front door, and they open it up. The mansion was right across the street from the company. So you had this big company building. You had all these street lights, all these cars, people just walking about, taking smoke breaks. But when they open the door to the mansion... Sam and RC look outside, and the company building is gone. All the cars are gone. All the streetlights, gone. They are now looking out at an alien landscape. The mansion is now sitting in the middle of a desert. But not an earthly desert. Not a desert made of sand. But a desert made of some mineral that appeared to be metallic purple. And it just stretched all the way to the horizon. The first thing they see, they're looking out of this alien desert, the first thing they see are these plants that kind of dot the landscape. There are these plants with these weird geometrically shaped leaves that are half transparent. Sam kind of looks at R.C., and R.C. kind of looks at Sam like, what? Where are we? And Sam goes to touch one of these plants, and as he gets closer, his fingers, his skin, begins to itch, begins to burn. He pulls his hand away. That's when R.C. kind of nudges, nudges him into the bush. Hey, hey, how's it going over there? Nudges Sam and goes, look at the sky. Sam looks up, and he realizes why the sunlight was dimming while they were in the mansion. The sun is gone. The moon is gone. But the sky is not pitch black. It's a pale, milky white. And in this pale, milky white sky, they could still make out a few stars twinkling in the distance. But what really caught their eye was the lines. Sam said they could watch lines be etched across the sky. And he said it appeared that these lines were being controlled by something intelligent. These weren't random shapes they were watching. Someone was driving those lights. Someone was moving those lights. Someone was, someone was purposely creating those lines. And just then, just when they come to that realization, both R.C. and Sam feel something in the very pit of their stomach. We are about to die. 
It was this inexplicable horror that swept over both of them. We are about to die. Something is about to take our lives, and no one will ever know what happened to us unless we go back into the mansion right now. There's no time for debate. There's no time for remembering how horribly it, how horrible it was to be in the mansion. Physically horrible to be in there. They knew if they spent any more time out here, they would be killed. They would die on an alien planet, never to be found again. So they both run back into the mansion. And then if this story could not get any weirder, all of that, I really love all that detail, but this ending, I find super fascinating. If the story could not get any weirder, when Sam and R.C. run into the mansion again, first off, it feels like they have to push themselves through an invisible screen of electrified air. There was a barrier keeping them out, or keeping this new universe from coming in. But they push their way through this electrified wall. And then Sam and R.C. are in the mansion. But what Sam perceives is they appear in different rooms of the mansion at the same time. So they walk into the mansion and Sam and R.C. are now in the... What's the thing called? The main, like the 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 lobby of the house, the foray or whatever. They're in, they're in the living room. Okay, Sam and RC walk through the door. They're in the living room, and they're in the bedroom, and and they're standing in the bathroom on the second floor, and they're in the guest room on the third floor, and they're in the kitchen, and they're in the waiting room. Is that a room? I don't know. And they're in the room where you put your jackets. They quantumly appear in this house. When they enter the house, they are then in multiple rooms at the same time. As if the universe is shuffling and trying to figure out where they end up. And this happens incredibly briefly. But even a second of this would be enough to break the human brain. The next thing Sam and RC know, they're outside of the mansion in the backyard. Their food is sitting on the table. The picnic is ready to begin. You could chalk it up to being some sort of dream or some sort of mass psychosis or some sort of gas leak all these hallucinations but when they appeared back in front of this picnic table with their food they were both unbearably freezing cold their bodies were still frozen so they leave of course, they have to go back to the mansion to get out, but they run out of the backyard, they run through the mansion, they run across the street to the company, and they begin, they're freaking out. They begin telling their dads, Dad, please, this is, I know you're not going to believe any of this. Feel, feel how cold I am. Feel how cold I am. They tell the story about what happened. They got teleported to the southern dimension, and the parents don't believe them. And Sam says, by the time he got across the street... We weren't cold anymore. You'd be surprised how much body heat you can generate running through a haunted mansion. And he goes on to say, he goes, after that, I didn't want to go to work with my dad anymore. There were times where I had to go to work with my dad, so I went then. He goes, but I never went back to the mansion, and me and RC continued to hang out. But over the years, we, we've stopped talking since then. 
Um, wasn't because of the mansion-related thing. And again, this is where there there was some translation stuff at the ending. I'm pretty sure this is what he's saying. One version of it, you could say he never talked to R.C. again. You can read it like that. I think they continue to talk, but then after his dad left the company, he stopped keeping up with R.C. is how I read it. But anyways, very, very interesting story. I don't think it deserved the backlash. A lot of people were saying it was fake right from the get-go. I thought it could be true. Um, and then when he dropped the address, when he dropped the exact address of the place, and that'll be in the show notes. I'm not doxing him. It's in the links to the thing. I think that that's cool. I'm really glad that he gave us that additional information. And I I think when we're in the world of paranormal, this stuff can be true. Time slips and portals are honestly, to me, one of the more likely scenarios. I think that for being able... Okay, maybe... Here's my thing. I'm terrified of both of those. I think that's probably why I find them... Oh, shoot. Oh, I'm, I'm actually... I was clicking on some links here while I was doing this. Apparently, he's even naming the company. That was something he left out in the beginning. Apparently, it is an, a company that's still... It's a dairy company called Lagrange. Lagrange? So right now you're drinking a bunch of Lagrange milk. Psst, you spit it out. Yeah, apparently it's a Mexican milk company called the Lagrange. It's the it's the same address. So, so they got some free product placement this episode. So yeah, so Lagrange milk company apparently is where this happened at. But portals I find absolutely terrifying. I think that's something that could happen to you. We talk about them all the time. I think it could account for not all weird missing people, but I think it could account for some of them where they just go missing altogether. Um, yeah, portals really, really terrify me. And we go back to the thing like, what if these kids didn't get out of the mansion? Like... We talked about that last week. It's all about following your gut. And not enough people follow their gut. What if they were standing on that porch and they're looking at this alien landscape and they get this feeling of true fear and they don't follow it? What would have happened to these kids? Would it have been two kids who went missing in Nuevo Leon, Mexico? And they they just went missing and they'd be all sorts of maybe some serial killer came through. Maybe they got lost. Maybe it was predators. <laughs> maybe the milk monster finally got them. super super terrifying and you would never find them they would have ended up just eviscerated on this alien world at best right at worst they might turn into monsters themselves i hate I, that's honestly this show's becoming very freudian for me is that the right word because i hate portals and my worst fear is being turned into something against my will like getting turned into a gremlin. or That would actually be kind of cool. It'd have to be something that I wouldn't want to be. So like I don't want to be a dolphin. Or just any sort of dumb animal. And be like have the intellect of a human. But just like have to like walk around and kill mice and stuff like that. That'd be like super boring. I'd want to watch YouTube. So I hate getting... That's not the only reason why I hate getting turned into stuff against my will. I saw a lot of horror movies when I was kids, I think, where people got turned into goblins, where people got turned into statues, and all sorts of stuff. And so for whatever reason, that scares me more than being ripped apart on an alien planet. The point is, what if that this is a reason why people go missing and we don't find them, or certain portals like that? But I also want to end it on this, because I've ended episodes like that before, and I don't want to be repeating myself. 784 episodes in, I don't want to be repeating myself. 
the quantum mansion at the ending of the story. Like, that's a real game changer. We talk about portals a lot on this show, but that is such an awesome detail. Like, they step into the mansion and they appear in multiple rooms in the mansion at the same time. Now, there could be I, there could be a slight translation error where it's not all at the same time where they do it one after the other. But either way, it's super bizarre. Like, you can't be like, oh, they weren't all in one place at one time? What? Oh, that's lame. It's still the universe shuffling them through. It was like the house was some sort of conduit, and it was trying to figure out how to put them back to where they were supposed to be. And it was trying out different realities. Were they here? Were they here? Were they? And then it found the right one, and it deposited them back in the picnic. That is so awesome, and that's one of those details that's so bizarre. I've been researching this stuff for 20, 30 years, right? It was start, yeah, 30 years I've been researching this stuff. And the fact that that detail, I mean, the, I think you guys can hear the smile on my face. I have not encountered that detail before. We've covered stories about people getting lost, like dying in the wheel of time, kind of shuffling them through realities. That was the closest I could think of. But this one, we have these... This one happened to two people. It wasn't just one witness. We have two witnesses that are being trying to be slotted back into the proper reality. Fascinating. Fascinating story. And it puts just another twist on the whole idea of portals. It puts a whole other twist on the idea of where we are supposed to be. Like, had it put them into a different reality, then what would have happened? Would they have ran into themselves? It almost had to put them into a reality where they had shifted out. So you didn't have two Sam and RCs running around. The whole thing is just mind-blowing. Like, the story itself is really interesting, and I love portals. But the fact that you have a quantum mansion... That we now have the address for, right? We now actually have the address for this place. This is a place, again, that I would love to go visit. If it's still there. And that would be interesting. If it's not there, would the conduit still be there? Why was the mansion abandoned in the first place? This is such a one-off story. And it would be interesting to learn more about it. But that idea of just... Walking out a door and ending up on an alien landscape, that terrifies me. And then coming back through the door, which was a struggle. That was a struggle. They could have gotten stuck out there. It wasn't as easy as simply poking your head back in. They had to force their way back in, and then the universe shuffled them. Absolutely fascinating story. And and I know I say this all the time. I don't mind repeating this. It's just another brilliant reminder that the world is so weird. Just when you think that you've heard it all, just when you think you've done all this research and you've heard all this stuff, you come across the story of two 14-year-old kids who go from having a picnic to being on an alien landscape with some sort of intelligence drawing symbols in the sky, an unseen threat lurking right around the corner, and then the multiverse appears and they are pushed into different holes through the multiverse until they end up in the right one that is just an absolutely bizarre story and the world is so weird and that is why we love it and that is why we will continue to cover it for as long as we can deadrabbitradio@gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Deadrabbitradio is the daily paranormal conspiracy true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.